Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Chris and Carol Woodley. They're missionaries to the Philippines. Uh, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to the Philippines to begin with? We got to the Philippines by the call of God. He called us in uh, 1998. I was reading through the Word of God, reading through the Word of God in one year, systematically reading through the Word of God. God spoke to my heart. Uh, only He can speak, and the call of God was on my life, and I knew it. And that's how I got to the Philippines. I was born in Manila, Philippines, and I grew up in Angeles City, about two and a half hours north of Manila. And how did y'all meet? We met in a missions church. Um, Two servicemen handed me God's simple plan of salvation, and I read it, the Romans Road, and there was a sinner's prayer there. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and on the back of the track, there was a, uh, an address for a missions church, and I went there. That's where I uh, met my husband. Chris, you told me earlier that y'all, y'all had met in church, but uh, were you saved there in the Philippines? Uh, you were in the military, correct? I was saved in uh, 1980 before I went to the Philippines. Uh, and so I got orders to go to the Philippines after I turned down a good set of orders to go to South Carolina, the beach. <laughs> so in the Philippines then, instead of going to the, the beach, you met your wife, correct? Yes. Uh, I've been praying four years. I hadn't dated for four years. And I've been praying for a wife, the qualities I wanted in a wife, and then God chose her. What type of ministry are you involved with now? Uh, we have a deaf school, we have a deaf institute, and we have a deaf church, hearing church, and a hearing institute. How, how did you get involved in deaf ministry? It started actually in 2000, before we left, before Joyce Vick went home to be with the Lord. She said, Carol, you need to start a deaf school in the Philippines. I said, well, that's a little bit too much, but Mescal um, Wilkes from Ethiopia, she's deaf. She kept encouraging me and encouraging me to start a deaf school. I thought at first, oh boy, that's impossible. But um, we didn't start the school right away. We started a deaf ministry first with four deaf. And then when we came back in 2004, the Lord spoke to my heart. Um, it was our first furlough. When I went back, I decided, well, Lord, you have to give me deaf students to start the deaf school. And that's how it started. You also have a hearing church. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, we've had a, a hearing church. Uh, we've been ministering to them since 2001. And we started uh, with, I mean, lots of people. People got saved in and out. And uh, people come, people go. But now we have a, a good nucleus. And these folks are staying by the stuff, and you can trust them. It's like family. We didn't want to leave to come back on this furlough, but we did, and so it was needful. Now, when you go back, are you going back to the same area, working with the same church? We're going back to work with the same people, but we're going to probably, we're praying now, we're training men. I have a Bible Institute, so we're training men to take over. And that's what it is. That's our job, to train and to leave, not to stay. Carol, you mentioned Joyce Vick. Who was she, and uh, what kind of influence did she have in your life? She was uh, the president's uh, wife, Dr. Richard Vick. Uh, She was really a wonderful lady. 
And um, the influence was that she just kept encouraging me. She said, Carol, who's going to reach the deaf if we don't? She said, just think of what is our terminology. It's still the Great Commission, you know, to educate this underprivileged deaf and then uh, give them an exposure to Christian values and later on win them to Christ. I have a friend in the Philippines who works with the deaf, and I know that there are some great deaf ministries in in the Philippines. What is it you're trying to accomplish that may be different from other ministries there? I believe it's a little bit different that we want to establish not only the the deaf school, but we want in this certain region. There's no no deaf uh, schools in this region, and so and also we want to get approved by the uh, Department of Education. But we need property, of course. We need a thousand square meters to have disapproval. And so, but if we get this, we build it, they will come because it's a million deaf in the Philippines. And I believe we can go leaps and bounds if uh, we build this uh, property, build this uh, building. When you started raising your support to go to the Philippines as missionaries, did you know you were going to be working with the deaf at that time? No. And then all of this just kind of snowballed. Was it a big surprise to you that the Lord would use you in this way? Yes, because uh, what I've heard this and from pastors, and this one pastor told me, um, get in what the Lord is doing. And also, Ruth chapter 2 talks about that, uh, being in the right place at the right time. And so if you're in the right field, you're in what God is doing to, doing for you. Obviously, there's always going to be a need for, for more missionaries to do special kind of works and such. Do you need more help where you're at with the yes. deaf, or are you really encouraging people to go wherever they can there in the Philippines to, to get, get to work? We, we need more help. We're, right now, we're praying for a couple that will come, come and help us, uh, an American couple and a Filipino couple that will come and help us. And what would they do with you? Lord willing, there'll be opportunities for them to take over and we leave and start someone else, somewhere, somewhere else, because you have to replace yourself before you can go on. You have to. Are you getting help from the community as far as the other deaf being involved? You mentioned to me earlier in a earlier conversation that you have some deaf teachers with you. Are the deaf pretty open to your ministry and what you're doing? In somewhat, yes. But the Filipino culture... I guess there's no culture when it comes to that. You know, the deaf, they have their own culture. But still, as Filipinos, they're shy. They're very backwards, mm -hmm. you know. They are a lot of help, but you you kind of have to push them, you know, to do it. One of our deaf teachers has taken a lot of initiative to do the work, but the other two are still a little bit shy or embarrassed about doing things. But... um we do need uh, help right now. They will, if we get a couple, they will be working in the deaf school. It, it's kind of hard to do everything, you know, and I think it's best if you delegate work and uh, the more people, um, the better it is. I asked a missionary last week, he's in Mexico, and I asked him, you know, there's a lot of missionaries in Mexico. Do, do you think Mexico needs another missionary? And I think people would say the same thing about the Philippines. There's a lot of missionaries in the Philippines. Do you think the Philippines need another missionary? Yes. 
because the fields are white unto harvest and the need is so great. Do you have a testimony you'd like to share? We go from one area to another looking for deaf people because they're not just there. You know, you have to look for them. And when you find one, it's a blessing because when you reach one deaf, his family or her family that is hearing, you get to witness to them. And that's how it happens. You know, most of the results of our hearing ministry is from our deaf. When you, when you see a deaf person and you get them involved and the parents uh, have confidence in you and trust you, then you, you get to invite the mom and then the dad will come, especially during um, parents' teachers' conference. And brothers and sisters will come, aunts will come, cousins will come, and you get uh, a chance to uh, share the gospel to the family, and that's how you get them to church. And I think that's a wonderful testimony, you know, God working through deaf people. We had this little boy. Uh, he was uh, seven years old. He was. I taught him in, uh, when I first got to the Philippines in the military. And he grew, of course, and became a young man, and now we support him out of our church. He's a missionary, and so uh, it is great uh, to know that your fruit 20 years ago will come back. Well, great. It's been, it's been wonderful talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share as we, as we close? I think, number one, we have to have communion with the Lord. That's your daily devotion to know God's will. And when you have communion, you know, you'll ask for forgiveness and uh, daily cleansing and you're, um, you're purified, and then you're restored, as what David said in Psalms. And um, after that, you're willing to listen. It's the instruction from the Word of God. So I believe you, you have to have communion with, with the Lord, and then purification, restoration, and then instruction from the Word of God. My uh, thought is, is for young people, as uh, I was taught, to systematically read through the Word of God. And that's how God can speak to you. Because if you jump around the Bible, God can speak, but if you systematically read through the Word of God, God can speak to you in a soft and tender to your spirit and uh, call you And you, if you listen. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.